Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one fuck boy. The number one fuck boy. The number one fuck boy. Johnny G. Joining me as always in the High and Mighty studios is my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabris. Arthur, give him a shout out. <laughs> Highlight of the pod for some people who really hate me. Also joining me in the High and Mighty studios is the talented, the multi-hyphenate, the tall Utkarsh Ambudkar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, welcome. Thanks for having me, John. Please, thanks for coming on. Freaking Gabris. Freaking ga- Before we uh, recorded, I did just ask you confirmation on how to spell your la- uh, say your last name. Mm-hmm. And I realized there's a lot of people whose friends, like friends of mine that I've never said there. You don't have to say when you're like, Oh yeah, I saw Utkarsh the other day. Not everyone's like, which who which art Utkarsh? Like if you say yeah, I saw yeah. John yesterday, it's like yeah. there's 25 guys it could be. But you you are Gabris. Yeah, I'm Gabris. That's my branding. Dude. I've always wanted to be a last name guy, but it's just not gonna work. And I'm not even an Utkarsh. I'm a UTK. UTK yeah. yeah. I've just been fully snipped. Yeah, and that's that's pretty baller though. UTK is cool. I'll you, take that. It's more syllables than my first name. But that's what's funny is that it's not. It's a nickname that's longer to say. Unbelievable to me. <laughs> I just I don't understand it. But if people want to do it, I'm good with it. Does it's your fine. do your does your family have a nickname for you, or they always call you by your full name? They call me by my full name. Now my mom calls me UTK though. <laughs> that's so cute. She's like UTK. Hey UTK. I think she finds it funny. I think it's all. I think she's doing it uh, in jest. Like, like, yeah, she's patronizing you. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's mocking busting your me. balls. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, UTK, it's time to drop some bars and yeah. clean your room. Hey, Mr. Rapper. <laughs> hey, Rapper Boy. It's funny. I watched Atlanta, and now I get it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm i confident, uh, and I was also I was also saying, and I'll... Because because it was before I recorded an interest of full disclosure to listeners, I was saying something about Indian names is they complicate people. People get so stressed trying to pronounce them, but... They're often more than any other language, so phonetic. Yeah. It's so, like, 
It's always like, how do you say your last name? When you told me, I was like, oh, yeah, exactly as it's spelled. People lose their minds over it, man. They really do. They're just like, I've never seen these letters paired up in this combination before. <laughs> and it turns people, It turn, and I have to say I'll take responsibility as well. First, I'm going to point the finger and say it turns people into assholes when they see my name. And vice versa, I've been an asshole in the sense that like, if people see my name, U-T-K-A-R-S-H, Utkarsh, and they, the first thing they say to me is, I'm not even going to try and say your name. Oh, that's so obnoxious. My response used to be like, hey, man, like, have you been to college? I'm pretty sure you've done harder things than this. Like, it's two <laughs> syllables. You can handle it. Like, the most sarcastic, condescending response possible. It's, people don't get that. It's like, trying and being wrong is better, like, you to know To me. I mean? yeah, yeah. Like, to me, too. Like, I would be like... I'm sorry. Is it pronounced Utkarsh? And someone would be like, "Yeah." And you're like, "Oh, okay." I'm, I was a, I was worried I was gonna offend. People go on like the pre-defensive. Yeah. Like, Are you kidding? If I fuck this up, this guy's gonna get mad. So instead, fuck you, bro. <laughs> but then if I respond like a dick, they're like, "See, I was right. I was right. He is <laughs> yeah. a dick oh, with yeah. a fucking they weird set you name." Up to fail. No I'll, matter t- what. I'll tell you this. I was going. I I've got a uh, back and neck problems, right? And I went to this place, Healing like Hands. Police. Yeah, like Khalees. He, yeah, 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 right? Wait, no, that's Peaches. No, uh, that's uh, not Peaches either. Who? Who's my lick, neck, my, my back. back. Who my was that? Toya? Khalees? It wasn't Khalees. That was Milkshake. Khalees was Milkshake. Maybe it was Peaches then. No, Peaches was uh, all about her nana. She kept uh, rapping about her nana. Right, I can't right. remember who. Uh, somebody, fine. somebody tweet us. Yeah, the drawback of not looking up stuff on the podcast already hits us. <laughs> I was going to get a massage at Healing Hands on Larchmont. And I was the last shout one. Out. I was in so much pain. Not a shout out, a shout down, a shout in, a shout a indoors, warning. a shout basement, a whisper basement. Um, and uh, the woman comes to give me a massage. My masseuse, her name's Rachel. She's a short white woman with blonde hair. She's covered in Sanskrit tattoos, in like yoga paraphernalia. <laughs> and my name is Sanskrit. So the language. Of her body is my name. And she looks at her little spreadsheet or card and she's like, she's, you know, the tried and true statement. I'm not even going to try and say your name. And I'm in pain and I'm going through a breakup and admittedly not in a great and loving, graceful space. And I was like, you're not going to try and say my name? It's Utkarsh. And she was like, okay. And like just refused to try to say it. And we get into the massage room and I was like, it's really simple. Like you can try and say it, please, you know, just give it a shot. Give it a chance. You're like, you're like, this is my name, my identity. Like do me a favor and try it. <laughs> and she was, she didn't try. And I was like, you're really not going to say my name. And she was like, okay, you know what? I don't, I don't feel comfortable doing this massage and uh, we can't do it. And I was like, because my name, because of my name, and I was in so much pain, and I was like, are you kidding me? And she was like, I gave you an opportunity to tell me how to say your name. And I was like, I know, I did it several times. Like, how, that's my name. <laughs> this is legitimate racial discrimination at this point, isn't if, it? <laughs> all I'm saying is like, yo, if my name was John, I'd have had my knots removed. <laughs> I wouldn't my have, neck would be feeling much better. Yeah, if my name was John Jim Joe, this white woman covered in freaking Sanskrit, <laughs> Fucking fake ass yoga wannabe would have given me a massage. All because my name is fucking Utkarsh. Are you kidding me? Trust me, I know Indian culture. I've been doing hip hop yoga on Melrose Avenue. <laughs> Are you joking? So that is a uh, that is an unfortunate byproduct of being a unique individual uh, with a with a with a unusual name. Yeah, that's when I introduce myself as 
I've gotten to the point where I have to introduce myself as Gabrus because when someone starts calling me John on set or at a job and someone else is calling me Gabrus, like it gets confusing. Mm-hmm. But then when I introduce myself as Gabrus, I'm like the most obvious white guy giving you like this weird, hey, I'm Gabrus. And people are like, oh, and I get like the opposite where people want to be like uh, progressive and they're like, oh, cool. And what nationality? And I'm like, oh, that's my last name. And I actually don't even know what nationality yeah. is. <laughs> my dad doesn't know his real dad so i just have this fucking name and they're like oh okay and they're like john i'm like yeah just call me john what am i trying well, to do gabrus is cool we all call you gabrus i appreciate that gabrus apparently um is a punjabi word for a group of dudes <laughs> is it really yeah because i think g-a-b-r-u like gabru is like a bro like a punjabi bro punjabi not punjabi pun- oh, yeah sorry that's uh, okay punjabi uh punjabi bro. everybody listening pun <laughs> i know you've been hitting poon for a long time but yes. it's a pun Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Punjabi. That makes total sense. Again, completely phonetic. <laughs> uh, and I also noticed you said Sanskrit, not Sanskrit. Yes, yeah, Sanskrit. It's Sanskrit. it's like, you know, I can't give you a rule on when the A is a U-H and when it's an A-H, right, right. but... It changes. Yeah, it changes. Pan um, or pun. You don't know. You never know. <laughs> so big pun, Jobby, uh, is... Uh, and anytime there's like hashtag Gabris that isn't me on like Instagram or Twitter, it's always like a group of dudes with oh, like... Oh, yeah. Uh, like in like dress shirts... Uh, is it with turbans or is yeah, that you can do, say turbans, yeah. So with turbans and like their arms folded and like bro and with like super tight lines on their beard and oh, shit yeah, like that. Man, like, the line and I'm like, shit. oh fuck, yeah, dude. And I'm proud that my name means that. So cool. <laughs> I dude. get tagged in the most I get tagged in some random shit by accident on Instagram because my great. handle's at Gabris and it's yeah. just like uh, an Indian like a, a Punjabi guy like flexing in the mirror. <laughs> it says like Gabris. <laughs> I'm like, nah, let me untag myself. <laughs> Keep the confusion minimal. That's awesome. Um we we're going to talk about being an only child, but before we get into that, we do a little thing on the podcast where we read negative reviews of my uh, of the podcast. Ugh, I don't know how you do it. It's hard, but I get people to rate me five stars, and I don't even know how fucking Apple Podcasts works anymore, but I, I'm trying to get my five-star ratings up for whatever reason. So if you rate me five stars and roast me in the comments, we will read them on air. Cool. So, uh, here's, the, here's the first one. Have you... Uh, oh. Hold on. Oh, boy. Have you ever wanted to listen to a grown man in his mid-30s who still has the persona of a recent college graduate do nothing, cough up his fat lungs onto his little dog, and the last remaining shred of his wife's attraction to him? I don't know why, but this podcast is for you. That's from 1647. Title of the review is Get Your Popcorn Out and Witness the Downward Spiral. Jesus. Yeah, no, these are dark people. That's awful. People have been trying to out dark each other on this thing, and it's getting upsetting. Yeah, you, that. See, I don't mind, you know, heavy jokes. We're used <laughs> to things like that, right? But bringing your wife into it—that's the—that's the part that—that's the step that always uh, people can tell that I don't like that part. Yeah, and they keep doing it now. Because any man will tell you, especially a comedy guys, there's an insecurity that just follows us around like a well-worn coat yes. wherever we go. <laughs> oh, oh, and preacher, a big, choir, brother. big part of that insecurity, I say, is that the women that love us are lying. <laughs> And yeah, please don't just shine any more lights yeah. on what's At happening. Any given moment, any one of the Chris's, Pine, Hemsworth, Pratt, I don't who else is there? Delia. <laughs> 
we'll, the Mount Rushmore, yeah. Mount Chrismore. We'll walk in and snatch her out from from our chubby little fingers. <laughs> Dalia, keep your hands off my wife. You're just speaking. That's too much for me. I'd be like, I'd immediately start a fight with my wife if that happened. I'm single, but if I was with someone and read that comment, I'd be like, bitch, are you... Do you not attract it to me anymore? Yeah, I've, I've, I'm like through the looking glass on that. We've been together for so long that I'm like, I feel bad for her more that she is attracted to me. You know what I mean? Like, I believe her now, and now I just feel sympathy for her. Like, she has like Stockholm Syndrome. She's been with me long. <laughs> oh, She's like, I, like, she finds like big, heavy set, bearded guys attractive now. I've like ruined her taste. <laughs> Good for she, you. She's like, ooh, who's this guy? And I'm like, he's an offensive lineman in the NFL. <laughs> um, this is from Official Greg. The review title is called That Awkward Moment When Brohemian Rhapsody is Your One Hit Wonder. Ouch. Bohemian Rhapsody is a college humor video I did in maybe 2007 or 2008, like the first big thing I ever did that connected me with all those guys. How I Met Jake, Amir, Streeter. Yeah, we all, all have one. We all, ha- we all have one. That's how we all get connected. And then you're like, hey, I'm willing to make $120 a day here in New York. You got paid? <laughs> well, they were paying me like 100 and then on like day hour 14 of the shoot, they were like, we're going to... We got authorized to pay you $140. <laughs> and I'm like, it's already been like a two-day shoot. And I'm like, thank you. Man. Um, look up Brohemian Rhapsody on YouTube. It's the it's exactly what you think it is. And it, and then if you want to see my college humor debut, look up uh, Hardly Working Rap Battle. Oh, that makes sense. Streeter versus Amir. Oh, that's uh, awesome. <laughs> where I showed up at 10 a.m. hungover. And they were like, yeah, you're going to rap. And I was like, oh, cool. I'll do a little freestyle. And then Lynn Manuel Miranda is also in that video. Because <laughs> he was in your Yeah, hip, he and I are friends for whatever, yeah, yeah. a long time now. And Lynn wrote a fucking scathing 16-bar rap, which is historical in the college humor sphere, <laughs> much like Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> and I remember on the day of just being like, this fucking ringer. What the <laughs> fuck, man? Nobody what? told me to write. Well, that's, to be fair, that will be the last thing that that guy writes, right? I know. <laughs> now, everyone only knows him for his 16 bars yeah. on College Huber. I hit him up today. I was like, man, I just hope one day people stop referring to you as Utkarsh's friend. Because <laughs> I'm sure it's getting old. <laughs> friend of Utkarsh and Shockwave, Lynn yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you're friends with Utkarsh, right? Can you get me tickets to that Gabrus podcast? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, are you friends with uh, hey Lin Manuel? Are you friends with Akash? Here's a gift certificate for a massage parlor. Can you please bring <laughs> yeah, this? Yeah. <laughs> He's had a rough one. Oh, healing hands, Larchmont. <laughs> eat a dick. <laughs> um, okay, here's uh, here here's one that you'll like. Uh, title of the review: fan, Van Down by the River by L semicolon D A G J D semicolon K L J. I think someone just smashed yeah. in on name. <laughs> bad name. If that's a real choice, that's a bad name. <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah. I hey, this is one where you're allowed to go. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce that. <laughs> if you have two semicolons and mostly consonants in your name, I'm safe to go. I'm sorry. You yeah. gotta tell me how to say this. With I don't want to sound like you know, uh, white lady, let me speak to your manager, but I don't know how to say that. Uh, He's your fat, funny friend who we all backslap and laugh at slash with because you know he'll do anything for a laugh, including eating and drinking himself into renal failure. Jesus. (laughs) First of all, if you start a comment with Van Down by the River, it's an automatic homage 
to Chris Farley, yeah. which is one of the best compliments you can get as a comedian. Right, but they're only comparing to me with in, him in the terms of untimely death. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Yeah, that's brutal. Also, you eat well. Yes, I'm good. You, hey, you just heard me. I don't eat CTC in the morning. Hell I'm no. not on that cereal shit. And you're drinking a La Croix. I'm having La Croix's, dude. So fucking double semicolon. Again, <laughs> suck fucking my fucking full colon dick, dude. Eat Jesus. my colon. <laughs> These people, I tell you what. These people have, hey, look. I, th- you're an asshole, but also feel free to rate me five stars, <laughs> roast me in the comments, get your friends to subscribe, all that shit. All right, enough about me. I will pepper that in for the rest of the conversation. Please do. <laughs> oh, don't you worry. <laughs> I could do this podcast without guests. That's oh, how know. terrible yeah. of a megalomaniac I am. <laughs> me too, dude. <laughs> oh, there's a microphone in front of me. I can make content. Hey, guys, listen to my feelings. <laughs> I wanted to, we wanted to talk about being an only child because you were maybe my favorite person to book a, you text me saying, yo, what's up with this podcast? Let me come over and do it. I was like, oh, hell yeah. What do you want to talk about? And you were like, uh, and then your list of things were like, uh, can we talk about police brutality? I'm like, uh, maybe something a little lighter. You're like chicken fried steak. I'm like, all right, a little heavier. We went all over the place, oh. landing on eventually being an... Because I said, well, what about siblings or something like that? And you're yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. an only child. And I was like, well, there you go. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. yeah. So to to touch on police brutality. Yeah, let's hit on police brutality. <laughs> oh, my God, bro. All I'm saying is white white people... You know, once one thing, you have a wonderful privilege, which is that when a cop stops you, you can yell at them. You can demean them. You can. I'm too afraid to, but apparently you can. But you can uh, 100% put police in their place. I think because, especially with white men cops, and this is maybe specifically for white women, I don't know. But when you start to talk to them, they relate to you as their aunt, their sister, their mother, their father, their brother, their cousin, because. You are one of them. So when you yell at them, they're like, oh, dad, stop yelling at me, dad. Or right. like, Uncle Joe, stop yelling yeah, like at I, me, Uncle I, Joe. I pissed off my my uh, cousin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you don't get shot. Whereas right. if you are a person of color and... It's immediate like that other. I'll tell you this, bro. And I know we're supposed to be talking about being an only child. Uh, we're, we're in LA right now. It's turning left on Gardner from Fountain. And there's like a left turn lane. And you can, you know, sometimes smidge a little. You can kind of like cheat. Yeah. And get to the left lane, uh, left turn lane a little quicker. Yeah, like, because uh, there's uh, traffic in the non-turning lanes, yes. and you kind of, like, drive up, sort yeah. of against traffic, technically, exactly. for, like, 40 feet or whatever. Yes. You get. Yeah, yeah. So I did that, turn left, cop sees me, whoop, whoop. I'm like, okay, I'm about to get this ticket. It's fine. The So Gardner, Gardner and Fountain, middle of the day. Cop approaches the vehicle with his gun drawn. I'm wearing a fitted, I've got a jersey on, I am a brown person, and I don't know who or what this cop thought I was, culturally or ethnically. And you drive a dropped Honda Civic with five spoilers. I drive a (laughs) hybrid Lexus CT. I know, I love that car, the little hatchback. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. at uh, at the time, no plates on it though, like dealer plates. Anyway, cop approaches the vehicle, I've got my hands at 10 and 2 because I know what I'm supposed to do. He has his gun drawn. That's already terrifying. He's got his gun drawn already. The first thing that comes out of his mouth is, all right, guys, I don't want to have to shoot anybody today. So let's take this. Like, that's what he says. 
That's the first sign that comes out of his mouth is I don't have to shoot anyone today. I got a friend in the car with me. He's tattooed up. He doesn't look like a particularly good guy, but he is white, but he's got greasy hair. So it cancels it out. Yeah, yeah. He's he's white, but possibly yeah. white trash. He's like definitely kind of looks like a member of the House of Pain. Like, <laughs> and uh, and so cop says, uh, I don't have to shoot anyone today. And what do you say to that? You go, you go, uh, me neither. Yeah. I'd very much like for that to also be the case. And then I'd say to the cop, uh, sir, um, can you please uh, put your gun away? You're making me uncomfortable. To which he responds, don't tell me how to do my job. You, He starts yelling at me immediately. And I was like, there's no weapons in the car. Like, there's nothing here. I just made a left-hand turn. And he was like, I don't know that. I don't know that. And I was like, all right, dude, you really, like, for real got to chill. Like, I'm driving my friend home, and uh, I don't want to get shot in the fucking face. Fuck, yeah. So I'm just saying... Again, just, that is just an example of one of my experiences, which pales in comparison to several others. Oh, yeah, and, others. and that's and that unfortunately is a positive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, that is uh, one of the uh, has a good a, a happy ending that story because a lot of them don't. But if you have the privilege or the power or the confidence to speak to police officers in a way which is powerful, empowering. Just drop in when you're yelling at him, like, you pulled me over and this is what you're doing and you're not being a good cop. And if I was a person of color, this I wouldn't even be able to talk to you. Yeah. Pepper that in. We need white allies all over this country right it's now. It's fucking crazy. Well, there's a couple of things going on there, too, because it's like, I know it's a hacky expression, but if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. If you walk out with your gun pulled, you're f setting the dynamic that the other people are targets or potential yeah. victims yeah. already. And then this is my statement that I'm going to say that's probably going to get me some hot water. But like, yeah. I get it. Being a cop is a dangerous job. But you you picked it. Like, I, I, I feel terrible saying that. But like, I know it's a dangerous job. So you're scared on the job. That's fine. You don't want to get shot. So you you're tempted to have your gun out. Whatever. That's incorrect. You chose this job that is dangerous. Also, like it's like I, I, you just you. Well, what happens if I get shot? That's terrible. But you are a cop, not a person making a left hand turn off of Fountain onto Gardner. Yeah, like cops. That's your job. You chose this career. You're getting paid. You're doing, you want the power of being a police officer. That comes with that is the danger. And every community has its stereotypes and every community has its dangers. So the young black man that you pull over because you thought he was giving uh, the homeless man in the 7-Eleven drugs when he was really giving him 50 cents oh, I in read, change. I just read that the other day too. It may look like a suspect to you. And then, or... The woman, the white woman that you pull over that you're extremely polite to might be high on fucking Klonopin. Yeah. That woman might be zannied out of her goddamn yeah, mind. Or like three glasses of Sauvignon Blanc deep. Yeah. Uh, driving her white beamer. But you're not yeah. pulling a gun on her. Like, let's be real about where we are. And for, like I said, white people or people of higher status who don't get treated like shit by police and who can actually push back, make it a point when you're pushing back to be like, yo, dude. I'm fully aware that you wouldn't be treating me this way if I look differently. Right. You and it helps. Some, yeah. It Just really like, helps. Point at, point like at. that Starbucks thing that happened when those guys were arrested in Starbucks yeah. and you see in the video all of the the white people in the store are like, this is unconscionable. They've done nothing. You can't do this. And that makes me be like, yes, 
Yes, thank God. I know Starbucks is this utopian environment right, where everyone gets yeah. along. It's a very special place. I'd be like, oh, sorry, what was going on? I've been shitting in the bathroom this whole <laughs> yeah. time. I've been shitting in between auditions at yeah. the Starbucks. I, what? Ate, <laughs> I ate two cake pops and one of those bars that saved lives. I had a sous vide egg drop and two <laughs> iced coffees. I'm fucking oh, God. blowing up the bathroom. Anyway, but here's the thing. If a cop takes me out as an only child, who do my parents have? Hmm? No one. No siblings. You hear that, bro. cops? Any one of these fucking people that you pull over could be an only child. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. Don't take away parents, only kid. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, I feel like there's a lot of shit of just like a white person, a white guy who grew up around all white people gets a job as a police officer and then is, you know, put in Brownsville, Brooklyn or East New York or a neighborhood that is not is very small percentage of white people. They don't understand the culture. They already feel that other they haven't been around black people brown people hispanic people whatever and they are in the, like a new environment and they think they're in fucking fallujah or whatever they think they're in a war zone but this is someone's neighborhood it just yeah. looks completely different to you because you're from the fucking suburbs just outside of new york city like where'd you co- grow up i grew up in long island just outside of new long york. island baby yeah. so a lot of my friends i grew up with are now a lot of the guys from the lacrosse team are now cops. Word? <laughs> yeah, of course. Damn, That's dude. like a classic Long Island. Like, going to be NYPD or Nassau County cop or Suffolk County cop is like a, a great job for the the dude who majored in like phys, phys ed or whatever, you know? Do you have siblings? I do have siblings, yeah. And they have like Lego man jobs, like a teacher and a nurse. Wow. Yeah. How- and- and I am a uh, podcaster slash comedian, mostly podcaster, I guess. How point. did that go down? How uh, did you deviate from the familial norm? I was, I'm the oldest and I kind of was ignored for a lot of my life. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's what made me seek attention elsewhere. Because once I would like, once my other brothers were born, I was sort of like, Able to take Arthur, leave UTK alone. Dude. Arthur's awesome, but he <laughs> has a look in his eyes that's violent. He he likes to instigate problems. Like he's like, I'm gonna put this toy on your lap and <laughs> not let you try to touch it. <laughs> Typical only child behavior. Yes, he, well he is like a <laughs> yeah. That's talk about stereotypes. People are really allowed to be like. There's some cultures that you're allowed to make fun of still and only children are like everyone's so casually like yeah well they're a spoiled brat yeah an only you're child. the fucking worst it's like <laughs> you're a dick that's but that's interesting because you say you have three it's three of you yeah there's three gabrus children uh-huh the first one is neglected right and basically left to his own devices and are you like a cut up like what's your curfew like when you're 16 17 years old terrible i'm in like trouble all the time i'm getting grounded cuz like i'm f- fucking around at school you know bullshit like that and then getting in trouble and then not allowed out i had shitty curfew i had all of that stuff like had to be home early like constantly like fear of getting uh in trouble from my parents then like by the but, time so my they brothers, were strict my, by the time my yeah super strict on me but then by the time my middle brother is uh that age he's got like a more normal like like my i had to be home before all my friends then my younger brother has the same curfew that i do when i'm tw- 18 and he's 16 he has the same curfew yeah it was like and it's so it's so jealousy inducing and it's so minor and I'm still I still talk about this shit in therapy. It's just like that preferent that's something you don't get as an only child no. is watching a a brother or a sibling get preferential treatment. So the only benefit I can see from having siblings 
two things. One, you learn how to share, yeah. but you don't like that. Nobody fucking likes that. Right. You can learn how to share, by the way, by being beat. Which is also helps. Like, yeah. it, like you can have brothers and get beaten though. Just as a heads up. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. You can learn how to share just by life. You might learn a little bit later, but yeah. I certainly feel like I'm giving and don't have that thing of like you can't. I these are my skittles. Like right. I share, but I also there was a time as a child where I was like you can't have my skittles, and I got whacked across the head. Right. And, and like, okay, have some skills. Yeah, here, have <laughs> some skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Reds are mine. You can have the rest. But the only benefit that I can see is like, you're, are your folks together? Uh, no, my mom, uh, my dad's dad, my mom's still alive. Oh, your father yeah, passed yeah, away. Yeah. yeah. Um, how long ago? Seven years ago. Was there ever a point? Tell me if this is too sensitive. Was no. there ever a point? Where like the siblings got together and they could galvanize and be like, yo, these two people are out of their fucking minds. Like, how do we get at mom and dad? Like, did you ever feel like you had a team? And and still to this day, my mom, like we survived the family because of each other. Like, we're just constantly like, what are we supposed to do about mom? She's a fucking lunatic. And then it's kind of like, well, together, teamwork, we can. That's like the benefit to adults is like uh, to being having siblings is like someone on your team against your parents yeah. too. you know where it's sort of like uh both in trouble you know in the basement being like dad's gonna fucking kill us and it's like us we're gonna get killed yeah. together i don't have that <laughs> yeah i know that must be hard uh, he growing up just straight nomad bro solo dolo just a ninja <laughs> out there snake eyes just fucking snake eyes the lone ronin yeah bro the lone ronin indeed just fucking John Wick, bro. It was, it's crazy. And that's the only thing I was like, yo, I need somebody to corroborate the evidence. To kind that, of go like, dad's being unreasonable, yeah, right? these people are out of their fucking minds. What the fuck is going on here? And you like look at the dog and I'd look at Trixie and I'd be like, yo, Trixie, what... What do you think? And Trixie would be like, I don't give a fuck. They give me frozen Salisbury steaks. I don't know how to pronounce your name. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's funny because that is true. You're outnumbered. As an only child, you're outnumbered. When you have brother, when you have siblings, you can sort of be like, all three of us believe we should do this thing, you know, like whatever. We need to stop at McDonald's or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's on and off, right? So if the mood is good, you get whatever you want. Right. Because you're also sort of then, as the only child, you don't necessarily have any allies against the parents, but you're often brought in as a trio, right? Because yeah. your parents are like, what are we going to do? Like not involve UTK in this yeah, like, yeah. experience in some way? So yeah. in that way, it's like as you age as an only child, you become kind of the leader of the group. You're very much like, I mean, I had the total opposite experience. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Maryland, Maryland. the suburbs of Maryland. And my parents have been hands-on from jump they worked all day like yeah. i did my mom was not like they both worked from 7 a.m to 6 p.m every day i was yeah. a latchkey kid i'd walk Same. home yeah but like uh they also were, classic indian stereotype yeah <laughs> my yeah my parents both worked a lot yeah what'd they do my parents uh phd biochemists <laughs> yes, dude. yeah so my like my take your kid to work day was like show up rat gets dropped in front of me pin the rat to a styrofoam board <laughs> start dissecting the rat 
I'm nine years old. Hey, I think I'm going to do comedy and or hip hop. Yeah. And then it's like, I'm bored. And they're like, all right, here's a bucket of liquid nitrogen. Just drop rubber gloves in it and then break them. I'm like, this I can get down with. That's awesome. I'll throw carrots in the liquid nitrogen. Uh, but, like your parents, uh, students are like, um, turn around. <laughs> you're like huge fucking column like, of fire. <laughs> it was awesome, man. That's cool. But like, you know, I. I'm you were saying they were like in your uh they were in your shit. Yeah, lot. they're trying so hard, but it's like you know, my experience is probably very similar to a lot of people's listening, but different from yours in that my I'm an only child growing up in a different country than the p- country my parents grew up in. Right. So not only is it like this is the only thing we have. This human is what we have to take care of. It's also like we have no fucking clue what we're supposed to do. They don't understand American school systems. They don't understand no, culture like, kind yeah, of like Yeah, they're like they're like T-ball, fuck it. This kid's got to do T-ball. What? Soccer? No, Let's do my soccer. My son will be the number one uh, uh hurler in cricket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, bowler, bowler. Bowler, bowler. It's like this is like what the fuck are we doing? And then so we do the T-ball, and they're like, well, you gotta get to get the motherfuckers juicy juices and Capri Suns? Fine, get them Capri Suns. And my dad's like, I legit just drove two hours from Baltimore. I had a seminar. I've been working in the lab for 12 hours, and you want me to fucking bring these little motherfuckers chocolate chip cookies? That's what you want now? And watch a game that makes no goddamn sense? And talk to these parents about the intricacies of American baseball? My dad's like, fuck all that. And not for lack of enthusiasm. Right, they just, just didn't like, know. Yeah, this is all new to me. You know, show up 14 years old. I'm like, mom, Elaine Goldstein and I are boyfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> and my mom's like, fucking no fucking way or not. I married this motherfucker when I was 27 and I haven't known a man since or before. Or any, like, yeah. that's it. And my dad's like, you better not get her pregnant. And I was like, I haven't even seen boobs yet. Like, we don't worry. So it's like, <laughs> not positive I can do that. Yeah, right? It's like a full, it's 100, 1000% focus on you with zero education about what it is you're going through. Right. And like, no, no shared experience, really. None. So, yeah. I can't imagine how many nights they just laid in bed and they were just like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. Like, do we let this kid? Who's Sadie Hawkins? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It's a sock cop. They don't wear shoes. Do we have to get him? Like, you know, I went to like freshman year homecoming and I didn't know I had to get a girl a corsage and my parents didn't know. So I showed up without a corsage oh. and the girl started crying. Poor Elaine Goldstein. She, uh, not Elaine. This was, what was her name? I don't remember. Something with an N. Navita or Novena was Ooh. her name. And her mom. Marty, stop licking UTK. Her mom like ran to the giant or the Safeway and got her a fake corsage. And we're like, this is all I could get you. And I was like, I'm oh. so sorry. I did not know. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, I feel bad for her. I even in the moment. She's telling that story to her therapist right now. I, I couldn't know. even get a corsage from... But being being like an only child is you're just sort of just... Everyone thinks you're an asshole. Any selfish thing you do or any kind of quip you make that might be... And by the it's way... It's a like, lot of jealousy from people with siblings because it's one of those things where it's like imagining you get like you get something... And you don't have to share it with your brother. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's all. What is that like? Someone with siblings is just like, wait a minute. If your mom buys white cheddar Cheez-Its, they're yours. You don't have to, like, eat them out of spite so no one else in your family gets them. Is that what it was like? It's it's brutal because we're we're three boys and we're all latchkey kids because our parents both had to work because yeah. middle class blue collar shit they were never around so we were sort of on our own and so it was sort of Lord of the Flies esque a little bit you know of sort of just like I'm 
I'm three years older than one brother, and then the other brother's five years younger than him. So he was like a child, child. When I, and so we would like, we used like mind, we mind fucked that kid. So like we'd be like, you can't have these uh, Swedish fish. They're vitamins. They're medicine. You know, we would lie. We'd yeah, be you're like, like eighteen, and you're yeah, and med- I'm like we taught yo. Uh, want to see if you could beat your record of running upstairs and getting uh, something out of the fridge and bringing it down here. He's like, yeah, let's go. I'm like, all right, one Mississippi, like go grab me a soda and a bottle of water. That's so <laughs> funny. What's his name? That's Jason. My young Jason. Brother. Yeah. I'm up early about to go to the gym and I decided to record a quip ad. The reason I thought of that is because my breath and mouth taste disgusting. I need to brush my teeth. You know what I'm going to use? I'm going to use my Quip toothbrush, okay? This thing is designed very well, and it works super well. It's an electric toothbrush that uses just a little bit of vibrations, and it's a slimmer design. Here's my favorite thing about it. It's got a little little like carrying case, like a holster, a scabbard. I'm sure there's a better word for it. But it's just stuck to the tile in my shower, so I could just uh, rip it out and blast my teeth. Well, blasting is exaggeration. The thing is very nice. It actually vibrates your teeth. Yum, yum. Um, guys, it's uh, the toothpaste is great. Quip works so well. They will do all of the work for you. You just buy it. They'll send you the toothpaste when it's supposed to run out, new heads when it's supposed to run out, new everything. It's It's a... Fraction of the cost and size of traditional electric brushes. And new new brush heads come every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. So, look, I got one in my travel case. I got one in my uh, bathroom. And that's all I need because... The thing's not too big to travel with. You know, you're trying to bring an electric toothbrush, you got to bring your charger and stuff. This thing has no charger. It's tiny. It's sleek. It's great. And I'm actually looking forward to brushing my teeth right now. It does a little timer thing, lets you know how long, you know, every 30 seconds or whatever. It lets you know time to switch positions or something like that. And they send you... uh Refills, you know, so it just makes it so easy. There's no wires. There's no charger. It's just, I, I don't know how to explain it. And, you know, this is embarrassing to admit at 36, but the easier you can make brushing my teeth, the better. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash mighty, that's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash mighty, you'll get your first refill refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash mighty, G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash mighty. What's the... craziest shit you ever made Jason do. See, this is what I missed out on. That's what you did miss out on sort of like... Manipulation. And also just well, like... Well, maybe let's look at it more positively. What is the positive of that? Communication skills? Communication skills, I'll tell you what. Leadership? It's, it's pretty nice to have adult friends like my brothers are now adult men who I've known for 28, 30 years. You know? Right. So that's the positive right there is that like when we get together, we have the, all the shared experience and none of the bullshit of living in the same house anymore. Right. So that's the cool, that's the thing that I don't, I didn't realize how cool it was going to be is like 
getting to hang out with my brothers now as adults is pretty... I mean, it's the same thing as just making good friends. No, no, it's totally different. And I I don't get to experience that, and it makes me sad. Yeah. Well, you know, someday maybe your partner will have uh, siblings, and you can have like... It's not the same. It's not the same, because you don't have 30-something years. No, that's just like, okay, like, I know you now, and I have to love you by proxy. Yeah, also you learn how to... I think another skill set you learn, especially younger, is like... Your cubicle mate is a pain in the ass at your first job. That's fine. You lived with someone who was so annoying for 15 straight years. Yeah. And you can kind of, you have a built in, you know how to deal with this. You're like, I have asshole younger brothers. I know what, I know what life is like. Yeah. There's that entitlement that comes with my station in life. And I'm going to say it's a gift and a curse. Right. Which is like, yeah, my parents weren't dismissive about what i wanted to do you know my dad was like i was passionate about science this kid is passionate about acting like let him do it let him see what's up and like he never said that to me he said it to me in adulthood you know at the time they were like uh you're fucked like (laughs) good luck you're fucked like have several backup plans and luckily i i was too dumb because of the same thing that entitlement because i was like no this is just the way it's going to be. Yeah. It's, there's no one, like, I haven't had to share my fucking Cheez-Its from my whole life. <laughs> and I'm not about to share my dream. I'm about to, I'm not about to fucking have Yeah, I'm not going to fra- make it, I'm not going to fracture this. I'm going to go get it. That only child mentality probably helped. It also hurt. Because you got constant support and then you were like, well, then I can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's like, yeah. And you spend so much time in your own head. As an only child. Right. You spend so much time dreaming and creating and building imagination and entertaining imaginary people, really. Like sitting with a tape recorder and recording songs from like the age of like seven. Just sitting with a tape recorder for hours by myself. Right. Because you don't have someone to bounce shit off. No. And like, yeah. And you don't, it's like, it's different when like the neighbor comes over, when like Robbie Samuels comes over for four hours. But like you, we're inundated with activity. There's sensory stimulation always. Yeah, nonstop conversations, nonstop yeah, bits, nonstop. Yeah. Uh, a person to always play with, someone to always be player to in yeah. fucking Contra and shit it's like, like that. It's like, yeah, yeah. Contra. Playing Contra alone is not fun. Sucks, dude. It's boring <laughs> as fuck. It's so boring, dude. So many of those Mario games. Mario Kart by yourself. Oof. Can oof. you imagine, imagine F-Zero go- on your own? Solo GoldenEye. Eesh. I'm going to do the campaign. <laughs> oh, God. Worst. But um, so, you know, you have all that buildup of like dreams and stuff. And you're like, okay, I've weaved. I've done a lot to like build my skills or talent. Right. Like, you know, for whatever he's become now in the public eye, John Mayer was like he speaks about how he would just sit in his room and play guitar for hours. I yo, let's talk about John Mayer for a second cuz I love that dude. Yeah, me too. I think John I mean, Mayer I don't know if I love the dude. I don't know. But yeah, I, yeah. I love him 17-year-old me loves John Mayer more than like will fight you to the death over his 17-year-old me hates John Mayer. Oh. 36-year-old Gabrus appreciates what John Mayer does. Oh, 17-year-old me saw John Mayer open up for Glenn Phillips of Toad the Wet Sprocket on his own with just a guitar on stage in Charlottesville, Virginia at Trax. Uh, just him and an acoustic guitar. And it was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Then 18 or 19-year-old me came to Irving Plaza in New York to see the same man whose music I had so fallen in love with. And it was me and just 15-year-old girls. And you were like, oh, okay. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, exit pass. I think he, him and Anne Hathaway both get that 
rap where people hate them for no real reason. I can't stand Anne Hathaway. And why? She's unwatchable. Oh, see, I think she's fucking charming. I think she's unwatchable. Oh, that's so funny. I hope, I really hope uh, no one hears me say that. (laughs) Because you know what happens next is it's like deadline. Woodcars Woodcars to star upside. (laughs) Or like number 15 on the call sheet with Anne Hathaway. That's how it always works out. Yeah, man. Well, hey, whatever. If that that works out, we'll uh, we'll delete this uh, conversation. But you know what? It doesn't matter because it just depends on if they're good people or not. Right. Yeah. So also, so and so could be a great musician if you don't like Migos. That doesn't. You're not going to enjoy listening to them no yeah. matter what. You can you can say like if you're not a fan of her style of acting, you're not going to like her in anything. It's were, yeah yeah for sure. Were you were you uh, did you have a John Mayer anecdote that you were trying to deep dive on? Uh, well, no. It's more like when he came out, I thought he was corny. I'm probably am I a little bit older than you? How old are you? I'm 36. I was born. Yeah in yeah yeah. Yeah. You're not that much older no, than me no. though. You were in college. I was in high school. Right. So there was a difference. Right. Because then uh, you're sort of like a little more. Like conscious of in college, you're. I think people are telling you you're learning more about music. You're. I definitely more wasn't telling people in college that I was a John Mayer fan. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. And I was not a John Mayer fan when he came out. And then when he started doing comedy, when I was doing comedy, even though he was, I was not successful yet or still. Uh, I was like, oh, this prick is doing comedy. Who fuck? It? And then it. Now that I'm an adult and able to look at it, I'm like, the guy's actually a very good musician and pretty funny as yeah. well and i think i was mostly hating him out of like jealousy and like sort That's of like tough. little girls liking him but now as an adult i'm like man i wish i wasn't such in my head about hating john mayer because he's funny and pretty good at music not music i enjoy but he's pretty fucking good you know i saw him and um dave Chappelle do like some four hour show together um and the guy's incredible first of all Chappelle's a master i don't have to talk about that but like right. oh god i could just watch there, I mean, Chappelle is is so good. He's so fucking every. He's so magnetic that when he touches his finger to his lips in uh, in silence, the crowd roars. Yeah, he just he's got it. He he's knows like what he's doing, composer. man. Yeah, John Mayer can play any song on the planet. All That's you have to so do is cool. like he's just like, hey, John, play this, and he's like, how's that go? And they're like, like this, you know, do 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 do, and he's like, okay, one second, do and then he's playing the song. That's so And he's yeah. Dave Chappelle's just having a sing along with everybody. And like Eddie Murphy was in the crowd and they're doing party all the time and like they're singing <laughs> it for so... Eddie and Where Eddie's did you like see this? Uh, Spearmint Lounge. Peppermint Lounge on Beverly. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Spearmint and, Rhino is the no, strip club in Spearmint Vegas. Rhino. <laughs> yeah, no. That place is wild though. Uh, that's fucking awesome. Um but that it's really like to speak on Anne Hathaway or John Mayer, all these people, like ultimately what gets them even Migos I'm sure it's professionalism what right. gets them where they at it is like showing up on time I assume or hope being courteous and gracious with right. the people you work with being grateful for the fact that like I don't make a TV show right the crew the first AD second AD crafty like everybody is equally involved in making the experience and ultimately the end product right. one worth watching like we John and I did a movie in Vancouver called Game Over Man oh yeah <laughs> we i can't believe we haven't spoken about this yet you are bay who ate my fake ass yeah, uh-huh. I, ate your bowel. I mean in addition to you had a lot of funny shit in that movie. Thanks, man. The, the rooftop sequence between you and the guys is very, you're very funny. In Thanks, that, man. When you're shitting on the dude from Fleabag, who's named Jamie. Jamie. Yeah. And you're so fucking funny in the movie. And then, of course, our connection, we are permanently, we are in on the internet in every single person's pockets 
engaging in <laughs> anal stimulation. Yeah, bro. <laughs> and that was that was insane, man. First of all, like some of those, some of them you didn't have a prosthetic on, and yes. I was right up. In you were your very close to my ass. You did not ever eat cheeks. my no, uh, no, no. raw ass. But th- did I tell you this? Because uh, I, I might have mentioned this. When the guys email me about being in the movie, I was like, hell yeah, I'll do whatever. Like once I knew it was like a, a real thing and not like a weird low budget you know thing. Those guys for like, a while. Yeah, I've, uh, I worked on some stuff with Adam outside of Workaholics, and then a few of my friends were on the writing staff Workaholics, so I got to know. And I did an episode and oh, became cool. friends with them through mutual friends type situation. Uh, and uh, when they emailed me, I was like, "Hell yeah, I'll be in your movie." Oh, it's in Vancouver. It's like a real thing. Oh, great, flying me. I'm like, I'm in. They're, I'm like, what's the role? It's like husky hostage. I'm like, great. And then I read that he gets his ass eaten, and I never thought about a prosthetic. In my head, I was going, I don't know who's playing Bay or whatever, and I'm like, okay, I don't know. I've got to figure out how to do this. Okay, I can handle this. That's funny. It's for comedy. I mean, people do it for fun, so I, I, it can't oh, you be. Thought you were legit. I thought I was gonna have to like. I didn't think someone was gonna have to eat my ass, but I thought someone was gonna have to put like a modesty patch, you know, and like be like in underwear on my butt or whatever. And I was like, just make sure you're clean. Pack baby wipes. Maybe shave it up. Like I was debating all this, and then like the email came from UTA, uh, and it was like uh, not UTK, UTA, and they uh, they said uh, um, the prosthetic people want to fly in and uh, measure you, and I was like. I've told this story on the podcast a few times, but I was like, oh, right. I didn't know that. Of course, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, and now I'm like, I can't believe I was thinking it was really good. That shit was a trip, yo. But and then I didn't know it was you. And then you text me out of nowhere. We haven't talked in a while. Yeah. You text me and you're like, yo, I'm going to eat your ass. And I was like, hey, what's up, UTK? And you're like, yeah, come to Canada. I'm going to eat your ass. So I was like, oh, wait, are you playing, Bay? You were like, yes, dude. Yeah, we're going to get to eat that booty hole. But here's the thing, right? That scene, which is really like a memorable one, it's a big comedy set piece. Doesn't right? happen without the prosthetics team, yeah. Without the camera crew, without the like the hundreds of extras that were there, yeah, without who, Kyle supporting actors, yeah, like director, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And how you treat all those people and how they treat you is very important. That professionalism, that's something as an only child I did not have when I showed up. Oh, like, I that would make sense because you you didn't have to be one of a group in the house. No, you've always just been UTK in the yeah, house. Yeah, so, so I show up and it's UTK like UTK in the house. Yeah, that's your like, fucking yeah, new UTK show. UTK in the house <laughs> on UPN this fall. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know, right. Mark Curry as my uncle, <laughs> Uncle Mark. Um, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce that. Mm-hmm. Ah, like, yeah, that's I like know, the, right? everyone's catchphrase about your name. Yeah, yeah that's funny. You that's make good. A, yeah. You should make a documentary. Like, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. We'll right? holler at um, uh, College Humor about it. Yeah. Are they still a <laughs> thing? Still around? Yeah. But um, what happened is, is like, if it's like rehearsals at 8 a.m., and it's like, I started out in theater. And if you show up 15 minutes late, three days, three times, you get fined. It's just right. that easy. Like, it's a union. They're like, no, dude, like, you show up. It's yeah. a, if it's a five minute break, it's a five minute break. Right. It's work. It's a job. Yeah, it's yeah. a job. And I'd show up and I'd be like, 15 minutes late, 20 minutes late, could never be on time. You know, if people were like, you know, because you're, you're often on your own schedule. You're not of course. On, you don't have to be on anyone else. I'm not, I was not taught, and I'm not proud of this, that same entitlement that allowed me to believe in myself. Yeah, and, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, yeah, is the same thing that made me, I think, pretty unprofessional in my early career. And people, several... I, yeah, I got to be honest, several people sat me down and they were like, yo, you cannot operate like this. 
you cannot show up late. And some of it was loving and some was stern. Some people were didn't like me be, because, because of the behavior. Of that, yeah. And they'd be like, you know, people remember, people talk. Some people loved me because they and they were just like, listen, we love you. You're great. We love being around you. You have to stop doing like. Oh, interesting. It's like this is fucking cool of you to say. Like, I yeah. Used, I mean, I'm well aware I used to be an asshole too. But in different just, ways, yeah. And you know, I remember, you know, just uh, I was doing a play in New York. It was called The Snow Queen. I think that's what it was called. And I flew somewhere. We were shooting it in New York, and I flew somewhere. To do a show with my hip hop group, the Beatards. Maybe we were in Austin, or maybe we even, I might have even left the country. I might have gone to like Switzerland or Sweden or some shit. I'm trying to remember. Is this predate Freestyle Love Supreme you were doing? This uh, is around group? the same time. Oh. I, but um, the, the, uh, the Beatards were real, uh, like a hip hop group, not a hip hop Yeah, no, we were group. like Beastie Boys or Black Eyed Peas. We like did shows with our penultimate moment was opening up for Public Enemy at BB King's. On the anniversary, on Flavor Flav's 50th birthday, and they performed all of It Takes a Nation. What? Uh, <laughs> after we performed. That's and fucking awesome. Chuck D comes out on stage, he's like, hey, what are y'all thinking of them B-tards? And it's like a bunch of OG hip-hop heads who just saw a Korean dude, a white dude, and an Indian dude try and do hip-hop <laughs> with two backup dancers and two backup singers. And they were just like, I don't know, Chuck. They're like, please bring out Public Enemy. Yeah. <laughs> Ice T's like, um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. I do TV and I didn't even like that. I'm but, on Law and Order and I think this is whack. <laughs> yeah, right. Basically, that was one of my biggest fuck ups was uh, I saw Ice T and I was like, nice to meet you. Everyone was there, right? Because it's that whole public enemy era right, was yeah. there. Like Melly Mel, Kid Kangle, Ice T, Flav, Chuck D, obviously. I'm I'm missing a bunch of people, but um, Africa Bombada, like everybody was there, dude. And um, Ice T is like, all right, man, yeah, 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 nice to meet you, nice to meet you. And he's like, I was like, it's I'm such a huge fan, like six in the morning, all your albums, like. And he was like, all right, cool. Uh, some he said, good luck. And I was like, thanks, you too. Oh. And he looked at me like the fuck, and I was like, <laughs> I mean, continued success. <laughs> I was like. I gotta go. Good luck on whatever bullshit you're doing next, T. <laughs> yeah, right? I was like, I'm so sorry. I, I blanked out for a second. But I remember I, I flew off somewhere and I was on a plane and I like show, I was like, am I gonna make it to the show? To the show. Like, am I gonna make it to the theater Ooh. to do this play? Which was super, maybe 150 bucks a week we were getting. Like, I, I'm speaking from the mentality of someone at the time, from that entitlement. I'm better than this. Right. I, you know, these people are lucky to have me. Yeah. You know, like. But you don't realize how much like you're a part of. Uh, yeah. A I'm thing. young. I don't owe anyone anything. You know, fuck my. I mean, I didn't realize my actions were saying, fuck my cast. Right. Fuck these people. I'm, I'm putting myself above them all. You didn't think you were doing that. Yeah. You just thought like. No, I Whatever. Had, I'm not that committed. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I showed up. 20 minutes before stage time and like the you know the house manager was like how could you do this how could you do this like you can't do this and i remember i said to her and i would never say this to another human being again but i was like fine then just fire me then you should just fire me like i really was that dude oh man at 22 or 23 yeah who would just tell you like this might be this might be a nice dovetail of uh the only child thing plus a little early success Maybe. Yeah, because like I think no one's ready to do anything adult when they're twenty two, you know, or eighteen. Or I've whatever. met several dude, look at the Parkland kids. 
Yeah, like, I know that's that's fucking crazy. That's I look at those kids and I'm like, I couldn't even wrap my head around being that professional now. Yeah, I mean, I'm 36. I, I yeah. can do it now, and I'm still learning. Right, like it still happens where I sleep through my alarm, and I'm oh, like, yeah. I gotta call the first AD and be like, Yo, I'm gonna be 20 minutes late. I'm so sorry. Like I legit set 14 alarms and yeah. fucked them all off. Right. Oh, that's so crazy. But yeah, at that time, 21, 22, I think the only child thing had a lot to do with it. Yeah, the dis like I had no reason to respect other people's time or space. Whereas I imagine as a big brother or a little brother or whatever it is, like you were constantly put in situations where you had time and where you had to manage other people's time yeah, or, or space constantly had to sort of like or property wait for someone in a way like, you know, like, all right, hold on. My brother, my brother's coming. Hold on. Get your shit, get your shoes on. You know, like you yeah. kind of have to do a little bit of that. And yeah. I think subconsciously too, you're always like, yo, I got a team. Like, Right. No matter where I'm at. Also, like I, yeah, you never had to get dragged to your brother's soccer game when you want to hang out with your friends, but your mom can only. I got. Sorry, you got to come with. It probably happened less. I had to get dragged to like friends' houses or like right. family friends' houses, yeah. but I'm sure it happened to you much more. Right. And because it was your brother, you were like this fucking Fuck this, prick. This sucks. Yeah, I don't want to be here for him. But it's like you have to learn that your time is not just your time anymore. What's the most <laughs> fucked up shit that you guys did, either injury wise? Or mischief wise, Ooh. that the folks like never ever heard about, like that you swore secrecy to. I mean, One, we, statute of limitations is yeah, over. Yeah, we're we're very open, and especially since my dad passed away, who was the disciplinarian. My mom's sort of like she's a giggler, so we can tell her really fucked up shit, and she try and she wants to be mad at us, but she I can tell like one time, and this is kind of fun, like we made my brother my youngest brother like piss on our dog <laughs> we're like chasing our dog around the yard we're just home alone three kids i was like 11 running the house my brother's a nine and like four and i'm like you gotta piss on the dog <laughs> it's like the dog is running around the yard my little brother's got his dick in his head chasing a dog around <laughs> trying to fucking piss on him um my brother uh threw a nintendo power mag this is a it's not a dangerous one but it's a legendary story in the family okay me and my brother were fighting he ran into the bathroom all the way down the end of the hall i was all the way in the living room and my brother reached like by the toilet grabbed a nintendo power magazine and sort of overhand threw it at me and 15 20 feet somehow it spins only like a knife and the fucking like binding of it hits me square in the nose and blows my nose open he hit me with a magazine from 15 feet away he was like 10 and it fucking bloody nose blood sprays everywhere and he's he's in the bathroom and he sees the blood and i look up and i'm the older brother and i'm like ah! and then you just the door slams and he like puts his back against it and i'm like punching and kicking my bed and my mom comes home and the fucking door is all dinged up and my oh your father's gonna come home he's gonna be furious with you guys dad's screaming at us slapping us on the ass I'm like he threw a fucking magazine at me and my brother's going like what are you talking about <laughs> like he lies like, <laughs> that Dad. was that was a big one and then we got into a lot of shenanigans we lucked out later on in life my mom my mom got sick and then got better and like as celebration of getting better, she got like a new lease on life and was like, we're traveling. But she's like a little afraid to fly. So we traveled to like Bahamas, Aruba, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic. That sounds great. And we're beach family. So we just kept doing that. But I was like 22 and maybe too old to vacation with my family. But we never went on cool vacations as a kid. So I'm going to 
take the train from my Brooklyn apartment, go meet up with my mom, yeah. and go to JFK. So I had a lot of experiences of being at like an all-inclusive resort at the age of like 23 with my 20-year-old brother and my 16-year-old brother. And we're sort of get our own room because my mom, we can't put all five of us in a room. So there's a lot of like, that's when we, I think we really bonded when we're like, oh yeah, you're like, this is oh. what we're like when we're with our friends because we're getting shit faced and we're like, my brother wets the bed with me in it. You know, we're like <laughs> fighting over it. But my, <laughs> my brother wanted to kick my brother's ass, falls asleep with, this is, this will date exactly when this trip was, falls asleep with his T-Mobile sidekick blasting Immortal Technique. <laughs> I was like, bro, shut your phone off. And he was like, yeah. I'm like, get out of me. Like, we were all so fucking cranky with each other. Those were like, those are my, and now still every holiday or like whenever I go home and visit, we all go get fucked up in the corner together and hang out and do all, do bits. My, I've, the other thing about my brothers is they're fucking hysterical. That's cool. That's the other cool thing is seeing how funny they really are. And they will be the first ones to say they're funnier than me. Ah, that's <laughs> awesome, man. They'll yeah, keep me dude. humble of like, yeah, you just are only a comedian because you tried to do it. That's uh, <laughs> But that's great, man. That's one thing. My friend Charlie, who was my roommate for a long time, he just like, this is sort of what sums it up. He was like, you know, when you, when it's, it hurts. It doesn't hurt, but it, I'm. I wish I had experiences like that. I'm super stoked that I'm at where I'm at too, and the part of me is really happy. I don't have to share with anyone, but that's from a youth perspective. In right. adulthood, it would be so cool to have like a clan to rock with. Totally, a clan, a family, a clan that is a family of people that are blood related to yeah. me. And clan with a C. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, and but my buddy Charlie was like, sorry, real quick. My no, buddy yeah, Charlie yeah. was like, just looked at me once, and we were in Brooklyn at our apartment in Flatbush, and he just looked at me once, and he was like, oh man, and I was like, what, dude? And he was like, I just realized you're an only child. You don't have anyone. You're all alone, bro. Like I've got my brother, but like you, you're on your own, man. You're gonna just be like that forever. And he was trying to be sweet, and I was just like, that's the most horrible thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> Jesus, fuck off, dude. Uh, I don't want to be too morose, but piling on there, I think the scary thing w will be uh, when your parents get particularly old. Yeah, you know? I, I think about that often. Because I, I think, you know, when my dad passed, he wasn't that old, um, but it was really hard on our family. And thank God, like, I how did he pass? He had brain cancer. Yeah, brutal. They gave him, like, a few months to live. He got, like, a big chunk of it removed and was, like, sort of just. Not the same after, not the same. Mm -hmm. That was the hardest part is that he changed a bunch because the tumor affected his brain. So How he did was he like, change? Not, he was, he got like in the last year or so of his life, he got kind of like OCD about stuff and he got, could, couldn't always, my dad was like super sarcastic and super quick and he kind of lost a step and was getting confused and like he commuted in and out of the city by car every day for like 20 years and then like, twice got lost one time the car caught on fire like and we were like oh we have to like he can't work anymore we have to take like he's pretending that he's better because he doesn't want to give up his job or his like lifestyle and then we start to find these things out like he goes goes to the bathroom at the airport and my mom can't find him for like you know two hours really and it's like oh shit he's and he's you know he's only like 50 something at that where'd time. he go he was just like, go into the bathroom, stay in the stall for a long time, come out, not sure. You know, my mom found him like talking to like a TSA agent. Um, my mom lost her shit one time. They went, they were going to Mexico. He was not doing great, but 
My mom's like, I think the beach will be good for him. I'll just get him there. It's my mom's a nurse too, so she's like, uh, you know, I can handle yeah. pretty much managing a patient the whole time. Um, but when they go through security, my dad gets selected for uh, like uh, extensive screening, and my mom's like, you don't understand. I have to go with them, and she's like, they're like, miss. He has to do this by himself. And she's like, no, he's got brain tumor. He doesn't know what's going on. And he was in there talking to the TSA agent for an hour about whatever. And my mom has no idea. My dad couldn't articulate it when he came out. I'm like, what the fuck was that shit? Damn. But sorry. But you had your you had your brothers. brothers. And my mom, you know, it fucked up my mom big time, my dad dying. And she's sort of difficult to deal with now but luckily we can like spread it out amongst the three right of, us. of course yeah. you know i think about that all yeah, not that, all the time but it's something to take into account yeah it's, for some, sure. yeah, it's something that I, I couldn't imagine doing with i mean i'm sure some listeners and plenty of people have had to deal with that shit yeah yeah we all a lot have. of only children out there yeah i uh i just was looking at a house today for that purpose but bro i live in a one-bedroom apartment it's very cheap I live by myself. I'm a single dude. It's me and my dog and my toys. And by toys, I literally mean- Collection of vibrators. Yeah. (laughs) Hey! A wall of vibrators. My vintage G.I. Joes. (laughs) Wall of vibrators, yeah. Uh, But no, I went and looked at a house today because it's like, yo, my parents are in their 60s. Hopefully, they have 20, 30 more years of happy, joyous, and free life. Yeah. you know, in the event that they need to come and stay, that's sort of what we do in my culture. We don't, you know, there's no houses or homes. Right. Yeah. It's, it's you like, bring the uh, you bring the grandparents into the house, yeah, or, the, or the yeah. aging parents. They're yeah. like, come on, dog. They're like, I wiped your butt. My turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like pay it forward. <laughs> yeah, dude. Give it up. But uh, that's why you know, it's we just got real deep. No, but it's true. That's some shit you got to think about in your mid thirties, which is crazy. I know, buddy. Are you gonna have a baby? Yeah, um, I'll tell you what. You want to talk about getting deep? It's not as easy as it sounds when you yeah. get older. Holy shit, yeah. man! There's a lot of shit going on there. It's very difficult. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, I'm we're, sure. Uh, we're, we're, uh, uh, we aren't currently trying. We're taking some time off from trying, and uh, just due to some travel we have coming up, and we're just gonna wait till after we travel again. But at the same time, it's like talk about when I have a kid. Uh, my wife is also one of three, mm. so we sort of both want to have three more than one kid at yeah. least. But I'm 36. We're both 36 and haven't had our first kid yet. Yeah. So we're looking. If we don't, if we have our first kid today, we have our second one when we're almost 40. You know, and that's all doable now. I understand that. And of course, I mean, in reality, you'll in five years you come over to do a follow up high and mighty, and I'll have like a a two year old Indian son and like a three year old Asian son. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It really is more difficult than you think. But we're (laughs) excited to. Finally, the most problematic comedian has minority children. That's the way to do it, bro. <laughs> I'm like, I'm actually allowed to say the N-word. My son is black. No, you're not. No, 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 no. Crazy. Well, I should teach him about it, though, right? <laughs> that's funny. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, and that's something to think about. Like, that's something that we're thinking about. Because we, and again... Because only children get such a shit end of the stick. We're like, we can't have an only child. We can't, and exactly, that's like, I know, and I feel bad. Yeah. But that's what we said. Like, we can't, because we know how important this, our siblings were to our experience. And we're like, we want to give that to someone else. But at the same time, also, we, we live in a two-bedroom apartment. We don't have that much money. We don't have, like, two kids seems insane. Yeah. My friend just found out uh, he's pregnant 
for the second I mean his wife is pregnant for the second time they've got a little a one year old they weren't planning on having the second oh and they just that now here you go that, that <laughs> you know you shooting up the club <laughs> or I don't even know the pull out method doesn't work the way it's supposed to no we yeah once the goalie is pulled and you're doing direct deposits anything yeah. is possible <laughs> yeah man he's like I don't know how it happened I was like well did I'm you, pretty sure did, I do yeah it's like I've you don't av- need me to explain. I was it. like, I've avoided it for the last fifteen to eighteen years. I'm pretty sure uh, I know how this works. Well, that's what's also crazy too about trying to have a kid and finding out how difficult it is. Then you remember the last ten years of your life praying that you didn't get. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, that's tough. and then you're like, oh my god, did I like do something karmically to myself by constantly being like, no, please don't be pregnant, please don't be pregnant. You know, like anytime the period was a day late in college or yeah. after, you're like, God, no, this would be the most insane. Like, no, this, and then now you want to have a kid and you're like fuck i was so geez louise or at least like i probably could have skipped condoms for a couple years based on how hard it is to have a kid yeah i know right fucking direct deposit (laughs) (laughs) um utk we can wrap it up here man let's uh it was so awesome that you came over, man. I appreciate you, <laughs> you doing this. You wrapped it up with, and direct depositing. <laughs> yeah, I know. I realized I'm like, stop talking about coming in your wife. It's and just- okay. <laughs> Who else is going to get it? I better, hopefully no one else. <laughs> well, based on that jackass's comment of you in the beginning, yeah, you're going to ask your wife today if she's still attracted to you, aren't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to send her a fucking dick shot right now. <laughs> I'm like, hope work's going well. You still want this? <laughs> Tears pouring down my face. I just straight drooled on the mic. <laughs> that was like my how uh, Lil Wayne starts his verses with like the yeah. weed hit. Yeah, That's me. Like, I drool. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Ready to rock. Uh, UTK, do you have anything uh, you want to plug? Sure. You guys can see Gabrus and I in Game Over Man on, on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> watch me Wednesday nights uh, at 10 p.m. on IFC. I am on this season of Brockmire. Oh, awesome. With, with Hank, Hank Azaria. Azaria. Yeah, Is it's that a great fun? show. We just premiered this week. Really fun. Oh, cool. And uh, I got some new music coming out. So if you want to search my last, my first and last name, Utkarsh and Butkar, on Spotify, SoundCloud, all that stuff, you can I'll find... I'll put up a Spotify link in the in the oh, show cool. notes for yeah, this. Yeah, you can, you can find and my music. you are UTK the INC yeah. on uh, Twitter. And so, Instagram. Yeah. So middle children, if you want to tweet at us and say like uh, pros and cons uh, and kids with siblings, if you want to tweet at us with pros and cons, because I'd love to hear shit that I love hearing that other side of it. Like uh, oh, stuff yeah. I didn't think about growing up. The worst shit that you and your siblings did that you never told your parents. Yeah. UTK wants to hear like uh, uh, vault secrets oh, from yeah. brothers or siblings of like shit that went down. Because all my secrets I have, I have to go to my grave with. Right. You can't even share uh, them. You yeah. Know, like, I don't get eventually your wife. You're going to tell your wife like, oh, yeah, yeah, we set the dog on fire once. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I pissed on my dog alone once. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, uh, man. Oh, please. Thank you. As always, I'm at Gabrus on all the social media. Listen to Action Boys on Patreon, uh, Raised by TV on uh, wherever you get podcasts, and rate me five stars, roast me in the comments. Bye, shitheads! That was a HeadGum Podcast.